and welcome back to From Under a Rock. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have some very special guests on today telling me their perfect recipe for the perfect mixed martial art. Steven, why don't you go first? Well, you got to straight up go with literal kicks and punches, Ryan, but also figurative kicks and punches and some arm bars. Thank you, Steven. And I'm going to give you three points for whatever that means. Michael? A guy named Marshall who has a white dad and a black mom. So he's a mixed Marshall and he's an uh, amazing finger painter. <laughs> that's his art. Ooh, that sounds delicious, Michael. Four points. <laughs> James? All right. I'm going to go with uh, one part taekwondo, two parts vinaigrette. Uh, you're going to add a dash of pasta, a little bit of squirrel. And then you're gonna mix that all up with some uh, some nice creamy. Uh, uh, let's go with let's go with Tai Chi. Um, you're gonna cook that in the oven for about uh, let's say let's say four hours. This is a pretty long pretty long cook. Gotta have those martial arts all nice and baked. And uh, then you're gonna let it sit on the uh, on the stovetop a little bit. And enjoy. Mm, too spicy for my taste, James. <laughs> Three points. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of From, From Under, Under a Rock. Rock. I'm Ryan. I'm Michael. I'm Steven. And I'm James. And we are the Fantastic Four. Yeah. We, we haven't made a four pun in a while. <laughs> we haven't. Uh, the Fantastic Four are here to bring you the movies that you should have seen by now. Taking bringing you out it from under that proverbial... Rock. Anyone? Rock, rock, rock. Oh, rock. rock. I, I was going to go with the thing. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we're going with the fantastic. Today, uh, we are continuing our cycle of mixed martial arts well, movies that you should have seen by now. Just martial or, arts. Sorry, martial arts movies that but you should have seen by now. this week was very mixed. This week, I chose to select one based on mixed martial arts called Warrior, 2011 film uh, starring Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, directed by Gavin O'Connor. And it has apparently been discontinued by Target because they don't carry it and they won't order it. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ask them to order it? Oh, uh, well, I went to Target and I was like, do you guys have this movie? They were like, not only do we not have it, but it's discontinued. So you're going to have to look elsewhere. Wow. wow. Okay. I was like, wow. Well, thankfully, there's this thing called the Internet, which uh, Amazon was so gracious to uh, provide us with. Yeah, I was really confused after the movie. I hit the eject button, but. Nothing came out Nothing of the disk happens, drive, actually. so I assume you got your DVD back. It actually just spewed out a lot of code. <laughs> Great. Uh, so yeah, 2011 movie. Uh, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton play brothers who um, uh, are come from a uh, kind of broken home, broken, uh, checkered upbringing. Uh, the you know, their father was a drunk who didn't do such a great job fathering them. And they actually grew up in separate homes. Uh, a lot of animosity between them, but they both followed the mixed martial arts path, which led them to, uh, through varying s circumstances, to this big Spartan tournament for a in prize Sparta. pool of $5 million <laughs> in Atlantic City. Oh, oh which never some, mind. Which I thought some it was call, Which some call the modern Sparta. <laughs> 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 I don't know that I would call it that. Some might. I don't think anyone would. 
Uh, I should mention, by the way, the, in the cold open there, we I gave out some points. Why'd to you do that? To each of them. Well, I, w- I was confused. I would like to know. You well, shouldn't be. Well, James, <laughs> as we've explained countless times. <laughs> uh, it's only for my benefit. Uh, I picked the movie this week at the end of the podcast and after the challenge. Challenge. No, challenge, don't, challenge, uh, don't challenge. do it. Uh, don't okay. do it, guys. Don't, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to provoke everyone like that. Mm. Steven, that's my fault. Usually it's it's us who goes who jumps mm-hmm. the gun. Um, at the end of the podcast, after all the points are tallied, the winner will get to choose the movie for next week. Or in this case, Steven will get to choose because <laughs> he hasn't gone yet this cycle. Well, we'll just have to find out then, won't we? <laughs> Way to undercut the suspense. Well, actually, now, now no one's going to listen to that. <laughs> no, you just spoiled the whole ending. <laughs> Is that all we are? Just a challenge and a winner? Is that it? Well, the we also talk about the movie. So. <laughs> so speaking of the movie, why did you bring this movie to the table, Ryan? Well, Stephen, I... I'm a huge fan of a band called The National. <laughs> you are. You took me to a <laughs> Is show. that really why you picked it? No, no. Well, partly. I I that's the initial reason I watched this movie is because I saw it had a couple of songs by The National on the soundtrack. Um they're featured in the opening credits with the song Start a War off the Boxer album and in the climactic finish with the song it's actually a um re-recorded version of the live version of About Today. My, <laughs> Ryan, give yourself a point for oh, thank knowing you. a lot about I'll your favorite band. Take it away. I'm going to oh, take that one. All away. right, we're going to. I'm back out. to zero. Briefly, <laughs> you had one. Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of this band. I've seen them several times live, and uh, that was enough reason to get me to check this movie out. Um, in addition to some, uh, some positive critical reviews and a, a an Academy Award nomination for Nick Nolte, who plays the formerly alcoholic dad of the two brothers and i picked it up for that reason like i said and checked out and just uh you know i absolutely loved it i'll just say right now i um i thought it was a very a uniquely emotional take on the sort of rocky story you know the uh the athlete uh the underdog athlete rising to prominence um I I loved that this movie gives you uh, both angles. It gives you Rockies and Creed's side mm-hmm. of the story, you know. Uh, and neither of them are really portrayed as villainous as Apollo Creed is. They both have very legitimate reasons for fighting. They both have uh, darkness and goodness within them. They're both fighting for good causes. And neither of them is perfect, you know. And uh, it, it really... You know, that's coupled with uh, this intense arrangement of About Today. Uh, I thought it just paired perfectly with that uh, ending fight scene. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, before we really dive into the review, we should say, if you haven't seen the movie, this would be a good point to pause the podcast and check <laughs> it out. If you, do you, your homework, Do guys. your homework, Come guys. On. You had a week. But yeah, and then, if, and then once you're done, come right back and see if you thought the same things we did. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into it, guys. Uh, and I have to agree with you, Ryan, that that uh, climactic fight scene was really well done. The music complemented it perfectly. And you actually I kind of it does a really good job of reminding you these are brothers with a lot of emotion. I um, you you were saying that it was a uniquely emotional take on the, the Rocky story. And uh, and it was really a lot more emotional than um, I was expecting 
Um, obviously, kind of you knew that like going into it that they were gonna end up fighting each other at the big climactic finish, but like um, I wasn't expecting it from something that was so heavily focused on um, what I consider like one of the most macho like things out there right now, which is like super popular MMA fighting. It's like you don't always peg um, a movie like like that focuses on that to uh, to really bring the uh, the heavy stuff as far as like dynamics, character dynamics go. James, I want to give you a point for that because we did um, uh, briefly bring up while watching the movie that uh, the the demographic for this film might be a little confused. There's a line where one of the characters might have just insulted this entire film's demographic. (laughs) It's like just a bunch of people who watch UFC. Who watch UFC. They're not real fighters. Yeah. And there are a lot of those people out there. Now, it is worth noting that UFC did enact a policy that whenever you choke someone out, you do have to tell them that you love them. Uh, Oh, (laughs) that's good. So this movie actually did uh, inspire change in mixed martial arts. That's great. That's nice to hear. It also sounds very accurate. Right, Michael? Yeah. No, that's a fact. It's a thing they do. (laughs) Any, Any fight that ends with someone being choked out, they have to... Michael Hear likes to, to practice mixed martial arts on us a lot. And when he pretends <laughs> yeah. to do his chokes, which we, of course, play along is with, it very he mixed? whispers, I, I love you. Are, is what you're doing mixed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I finger paint afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's very mixed. Uh, yeah. So this being the, what I was getting at, this being the martial arts cycle. Uh, Michael, it seemed like you had a few things to say about the actual martial arts in this movie. What did you... Yeah. Well, with? I mean, I... I I'm not like a diehard fan of uh, UFC or mixed martial arts or anything, but I've kept up with it plenty um, throughout the years. Uh, and th- there were a few things that uh, struck me as, oh, that's kind of unrealistic. Like uh, in the first round, uh, I'm sorry, what was the the non-Tom Hardy brother character name? What was it? Tommy and... Brendan. Brendan. Yeah. Brendan. So Brendan is in his first his first round fight in the Sparta tournament. And uh, he's taking an ass beating and uh, ends up kind of surviving around and then turning the tables. And he ends up locking the guy in a Kimura lock, which is also known as a key lock, which is uh, kind of a, it's used to dislocate your shoulder. Seems mm-hmm. like the key lock would unlock the key lock. What? <laughs> the, you, the key is already in the key lock. Right. If you've so got the you key can, and you the can lock just, right You can just there. turn it and unlock you the and get out. You get the key and the lock, you don't have a problem. I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> so the two people who know what a Kimura is were plus, like... Plus two points for me. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, now you know how I feel whenever I tell a joke. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> He's got you there, Ryan. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he, he basically he had that move locked in for probably... Th- 30 or 40 seconds and usually in mixed martial arts or jujitsu or anything like that once you have a submission move locked in and you're in position the guy is going to tap almost before it hurts because they know that they're they are in immediate danger of a break Mm -hmm. so you're tapping as a way of preserving not oh i'm going to see how much pain i can take and then tap out that's actually a trope of professional wrestling which is fake like this movie so (laughs) so I, i was Hoping for more realism and a faster tap out, but I I recognize it's they got to build up the drama. They want to draw it out, and and there were definitely a few things where, you know, th- there were other instances of I was like, okay, well that's kind of incongruent with how real MMA usually plays out. But well, one moment that I thought was very re- real was when the two brothers were in a somewhat similar position, but in an Uma Plata. Brendan actually, well, first Tommy doesn't tap, and in and in these kinds of martial arts. 
you know, if you're holding the submission and both sides are struggling, it gets much more dangerous. And like you were saying, a break or a tear is much more likely. And Brendan actually tears Tommy's shoulder. Right. And I felt that was a very real moment. And that one kind of made sense just due to the fact that he was his brother. And I can understand him not like applying the full pressure of the move because mm-hmm. he wants to give his brother a chance to tap out before he was like, oh, OK, well, I guess I'm yeah, gonna you break. got you got to keep upping the even if yeah, you're being yeah. nice, you still have to when you have to slowly up the intensity until, well, something's got to give. Right. And so because it was his brother, that one was a little bit more forgivable. But once he did do that in MMA, like a doctor stops the fight if there's a break or, you know, even if there's like a cut above the eye and your vision is impaired because of blood, even if you're not knocked out. It's called a, a TKO, a technical knockout, and it basically just means that it is advised that you stop, therefore you lose. Yeah, it, it seemed like they wouldn't let... Like, I, I don't follow this stuff, but it seems like they wouldn't let you fight if his hand is literally oh, dangling be, down. Yeah, hugely like, irresponsible. Okay. It's yeah. like, hold on a second. I don't think that's allowed. But do fighters... Uh, tend to fight those decisions they try Probably. to wave the doctors they, off they and... hate when a doctor stops a fight and a lot of times it doesn't fight the doctor it, 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 it does <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't tend to look as bad on a fighter who loses a fight due to injury as opposed to a guy who tapped out or got knocked out um like usually if a, if you lose a match due to like vision because you're you, you had a cut or anything like that you can't keep going, but it's not going to like get you cut from the company. Like UFC, if you lose three fights in a row, more often than not, they're going to actually fire you. Wow, really? Yeah, because uh, there's so many fighters out there that they need to keep bringing in people that are going to be win and be, be winning and be competitive. So, um, yeah, but uh, losing a fight due to medical issues is kind of like, all right, whatever. Yeah, it's like, eh, those things happen. Okay. Interesting. I know more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so realism aside, though, this you know, except that this is a Hollywood production, I, I th- thought that the fighting was pretty intense, and I yeah. had a lot of fun watching. That was really well done. Yeah, uh, I actually really appreciated the editing mm-hmm. because it wasn't like your typical action movie where it's just fast cuts, fast cuts, fast cuts. They kind of they stuck on the action for as long as they could without it giving away that it's unrealistic yeah Yeah. i think there's only one time where the editing was actually brought to my attention i think it was like a weird sort of cut that they'd had it felt like they were kind of forced to make but aside from that i didn't really notice and that's like the best sort of editing where it's just like it it, it works fluidly yeah um so i yeah i have to i have to agree yeah and i never felt like i was looking at a fight wondering what was supposed to be going on like i am with a lot of hollywood fight scenes Mm -hmm. like they're choreographed so well and yet they don't show it here it's like okay they actually do cut out to a lot of wide shots like in the uh, in the finals at the end of the movie they have shots from the very outer edge of the arena the nosebleeds the nosebleed section yeah. of the arena uh but they also in a lot of scenes uh the continuity is uh almost too good to be uh, they they had to have multiple true. cameras. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Not, okay. not like true. It, it seemed like they had to have been uh, shooting multicam on these fights. Probably. Scenes. And uh, it's it's very well done. You know, you can track punches across cuts, basically. Uh, yeah. As, yeah, as yeah. they cut to different angles, uh, they'll finish a punch and be like, wow, that was. Speaking of angle, Kurt Angle was in this movie. Okay. And um, who is that? He is a, uh, he's been a professional wrestler since, I think, 1999. So he was he's been a WWE champion, was let go in two thousand six for uh drug abuse problems. He got addicted to painkillers. Uh has been wrestling in a company called TNA and claims to be 
clean since then. Anyways, that's kind of backstory that doesn't matter. But uh, his real credentials come from in 1996, he won the Olympic gold medal for amateur wrestling uh, for the United States. Uh, did it with a broken neck, which he will let you know constantly because it's kind of a part of his wrestling character now mm-hmm. that he brags about that. Um, but yeah, very, very legitimate so athlete. Very dangerous. Um, yeah. Now, is, is this the guy who introduced music videos on MTV? Is that no. Kurt Angle? Mr. No. Angle? No. no. That was Carson Daly. <laughs> oh, that wasn't Kurt Loder? Was, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Well, and Kurt Loder. Right. But yeah, uh, I, I thought it was really cool to see him uh, in this movie because uh, he is actually considered going into mixed martial arts on several occasions, but he's kind of been deemed too old and his body too broken down to really get into How it. How old is he? Uh, I want to say he's... 28. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say he's in his mid-40s. Oh, okay. Um, but a very legitimate athlete. Uh, definitely knew what he was doing. Everything he did in this movie while having a small part he kind of seemed like the most menacing opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one was he? He was the the ball, the Russian guy. Oh, okay. the, the one yeah. who was really hyped up, yeah, yeah, the one yeah. that Brendan had to fight yeah. second to last round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he's he's just a real life badass. So um, it was cool seeing him in this. How movie. old is uh, is Brendan supposed to be, or how old was the actor? Because like. Uh, just talking about age versus like viability in in the ring. I would guess mid thirties. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. He's got two young two kids, kids. in a house yeah. and a wife. So know, that seems right. He's a teacher. Uh, he he could be uh, younger than he looks, yeah. being a previous fighter. Probably fighter. I actually years on his face. I actually really liked his character. I think more than uh, Tommy. Oh, I was totally rooting for him. Yeah. I mean, we knew his motivation from the start, Brendan's. Yeah. And we saw that he was a good guy and a guy worth cheering for and that he's doing everything for his family. Where Tommy, for most of the movie, is just a jerk to his father, but makes him train him, uh, shuts him out, doesn't really talk to anybody. And then somewhat towards the end of the movie gets a phone call and talks and you find out his motivation. He's helping the wife of one of his, uh, f- his yeah. Marine. Was it the friends. guy that he killed in with the friendly fire? He didn't kill him. He just survived. The f- if I understand correctly. No, he was, he was coming into a camp with his friends. Right. And they, they killed his friends and the rest of his unit. Bit. Yeah. But he was the sole survivor. Yes. So he didn't kill anybody, but you know, you find out his motivation is but supporting it was, it was for his friend's for family. It was too much for him. And he had to get out. Which does explain his character. I mean, you, you feel this entire movie that he's carrying a lot of guilt on his shoulders. Uh, real quick, though, I do want to give Michael two more points for bringing some excellent uh, knowledge of the uh, of the sport to our discussion. Uh, and I, I, do, I, I do know wanna... stuff about sports. <laughs> uh, what's, what's a sport, James? Um, World Series of Pokers on ESPN. Court sick ball. Thank you. <laughs> I would like to see court cases on ESPN. <laughs> uh, yeah, just fucking like, it's like, you have the floor, your honor, and just does some, some like fucking basketball moves. He's got the court. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. Of course, you're real stupid. Uh, Steven, I do want to get into these two, uh, these two lead characters a little more, too. I mentioned briefly what I thought of them. Uh, them being, neither of them painted as a bad guy and both of them having darkness in their past. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Tom Hardy's character, I, I looked at him and I was, I gravitated towards him more because I was like, Oh yeah, 
sadly enough, I was like, he's the bad boy that I just want to change. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I, I was just like, oh man, I. But that's I, what I'm, makes him so like like likable. Yeah, like I, I was like, I really want to see reform. You've, and you do see a little bit of that when he consults his dad after brutally insulting him in the casino towards the end of the movie. So he's got a little bit of a character arc there, which was really nice to see. But I, I, I just still, Brendan was the, the one I was rooting for the entire movie. And he doesn't have as much of a dark past as kind of hinted at. I think the darkest thing in his past or in his arc was he doesn't include his wife in the decisions. Well, he... Uh Got, it, it sounded like yeah. that he and his brother and his mother had a plan to leave his father and go and have a life together, but he abandoned his mother and brother at the last yeah. minute. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of messed up too. But that was kind of revealed f- pretty late in the movie too. And and one thing I didn't like about this movie is it uh, it takes a lot of easy routes to to give you information. It relied a lot on hey, let's play a clip from ESPN or let's play a clip from CNN and we'll learn this via an anchor reading off of a teleprompter. Or Would you rather them do that or spend five minutes doing it alternatively in a scene with the characters that needs to have much more emotion? Because honestly, there was a large time span for this movie, it felt, and they needed to just get through it. Yeah, but... I, I, I do see that, yeah, they did have to get through it and and people are probably buying tickets to see the fight at the end. But there's already not much fighting, so I would have liked to have seen some extra screen time spent on that backstory. Mm. Somehow. I don't know exactly how, but I think even a flashback would have worked better than the news. Oh, I hate the flashbacks. News. Flashbacks I, I, on I flashbacks? I, as, a, as a device, I hate flashbacks. Well, yeah, I, you picked <laughs> Enter the Dragon. You know <laughs> but at least with the flashback, I'm getting a more personal angle of the story versus a news anchor just telling me, oh, uh, this guy yeah. survived. I would have loved mm. to see that scene from, from Thomas' yeah. past. I, I liked the, their decision to keep us within the time frame of the, uh, the storyline to keep it uh, continuous, you know? FYI, I forgot how many flashbacks were in the beginning of Enter the Dragon. <laughs> I mean, one per character. Yeah. One and sometimes uh, two or three within the same flashback. So I, I do want to say uh, Nick Nolte is the one who was nominated for the Academy Award. But uh, I think Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton really stood out to me oh, yeah. as the two brothers. Was that the only nomination for the entire movie? I think so. Okay. Yes. Uh, and we actually have an email today from Aaron. <gasps> We do? Uh, about Tom Hardy and his role. He says, Tom Hardy is an actor who I feel is always good in everything he does, but is always underappreciated. What is your favorite Tom Hardy role? And do you think that he can break through into being a top movie star? Hmm. I, I mean, I think he already has, yeah, right? I, 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 I think he definitely has, but I can kind of see what you mean. Yeah, I see the point. About, yeah. um, you know, he's not a tom cruise he's not in the public eye he's not an a-lister by any means yeah like people people know who he is but uh he was probably three or four big movies in before i even knew who he was i i I appreciate the the reason he is not an a-lister though is because he seems to pick the projects that he believes in and that Mm -hmm. he genuinely likes Mm -hmm. such as uh, mad max you know for example (laughs) (laughs) was that movie any good yeah, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> or Star I, I kinda, Trek Nemesis. I kind of liked it. He was in Star Trek Nemesis. He was in Star Trek Nemesis. I don't know if he believed in that one as much, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't think that um, script believed in itself as much. I think my favorite movie that he was in, to answer your question, my favorite movie that he was in was probably Mad Max. 
But my favorite role uh, might actually be this one. Hmm. Or or Locke. Didn't see that. Locke is just a very intense. It's, you know, he's the, it's it's a camera fixed on him for an hour and a half. Yeah. It's an actor's movie. Oh, okay. And he does, he just pulls it off marvelously. So that might be his best performance. My, uh. That I've seen. I haven't seen Bronson either. I've been meaning to watch Bronson. I have only seen three roles of his that I am aware of. I've probably seen more, but I'm in the the minority that loves The Dark Knight Rises. So I'm going to go with Bane. Uh, Bane's good. And he definitely makes that character It's one of the most unique. He does. Absolutely. Like one of the more unique characters. Like I I remember I couldn't stop doing Nobody Bane could stop like nobody could stop impression. doing a Bane impression for like a, a month after that movie had come out. I so, still do. Some it. of our friends for a lot longer. Uh, I, they I, would they would hold cups up to their yeah. mouths. Oh, <laughs> oh, you were merely adopted by the doctors. Um, <laughs> go away. I'm going to have to go with another Nolan flick. Uh, I really liked his character in Inception. Was he in Inception? Yeah. yeah, he was. I really liked his character in Inception because he's such a smartass. Um, I like I said, I've been meaning to watch Bronson. I've heard really good things about that, and um, there, the only real roles that come to mind are him in Inception, him as Bane, and him as Mad Max. I'm sure there's others that I'm just not thinking of, but yeah, I feel like I've heard that he's like tough to work with. I I don't know if that's true, but that may be a thing preventing I, him from breaking through. You know, it's hard to speak to that. <laughs> right, having heard it fourth hand or fifth hand, and none of us have. have ever worked with them. Yeah, um, but I have heard the same thing. Yes. What about you, Stephen? Favorite uh, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, I like his t-shirt line. I like his t-shirt line. Um, I haven't seen too many of his movies. I've seen basically the ones mentioned here. Okay, some of the ones mentioned here. I've seen Inception, Dark Knight Returns, this, and Star Trek Nemesis, and Mad Max. I'd have to go with this Star Trek. It's okay. Star Trek. No, no, Star Trek Nemesis is a movie not for another podcast. Uh, I think he only has, you know, bigger and better things to come though. Yeah. He's he's still on the rise. Yeah, definitely. And he's been he's worked with a lot of really big projects. I mean, part of a lot of huge franchises too. Well, isn't Mad Max getting another one already? Uh, yes, I believe so. Good. Sweet. Good. So, despite having maybe a maximum of uh, 10 minutes of screen time together, Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, I believe, have uh, fantastic, believable, brotherly chemistry with each they other. They look pretty similar. They do. They, they, they definitely they, look the, related. The, um, yes, that their appearance definitely works in their favor. Um, and even just such simple lines, or simple scenes like the uh, the beach scene where they're chatting together yeah. the night before the big fight. Um, they really only have two scenes: the beach scene and the, the beach fight and scene. the fight. Yeah, that's really all there is. But uh, just that little bit of screen time together, and I think you guys might not have even put it together right away that they were brothers. No, not until it, it doesn't. Uh, Nick th- Nolte shows up and it doesn't says, beat you over the head pop. with it for sure. Well, or I thought uh, I, I like that they didn't just come out and say it, but um, I. I was under the assumption going in that I was like, oh, they look like they're probably brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had to ask because, like, hold on, are they brothers? Because I can't, like... It it shows a picture of Brendan on the mantle mm-hmm. in, in the very first scene. 
mm-hmm. um, but it's easy to miss. Yeah, yeah there's there was a lot of pictures on that mantle to look at. But yeah, like like I was saying, even uh, just having the one scene together, the moment in the ring whenever Brandon has Tommy in submission and is saying, "Just tap out, I love you." Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah, you and can, and you can yeah. see yeah just on Tom Hardy's on both of their faces, they're just yeah. yeah. Fights can get really emotional, and I thought they played this one out really well and used it to their advantage to make it an emotional climax as well. I want to talk about the MMA culture in general really quick. The last couple of weeks since I'm the resident martial artist here, y'all have asked me about, you know, my opinion on certain things. And last week, Ryan, you actually asked us what we thought of the MMA culture and the rest of you can chime in on this if you want. But, you know, technically on paper, I am a mixed martial artist because I have studied various martial arts, and I guess that's what it, the definition is. But I don't subscribe to the MMA culture because, in my experience, the MMA culture is very just about the fight. Just, oh, yeah, get the arm bar. Oh, man, this is so sweet. Oh, did, James, did you see that fight? It was, it was really sick. Oh, tap out, bro. Tap, tap out. Tap out. It's right here on my shirt. Steven, how, how much do you actually keep up with the MMA culture to know that that's an accurate impression? Just the ones I've talked because it's to. Just an it's, accurate impression. it's not an accurate impression. <laughs> I have one friend in specific who's actually really like that. The first time he said, well, honestly, the first time anybody knows I'm a martial artist and specifically that I know jujitsu, that's the, that's really the first thing that's like, hey, man, did you see that fight? Did you see that fight? Oh, it was real sick. Like nine, nine times out of ten, that's what happens. Well, you need to diversify my friends. No, not call them friends. <laughs> <laughs> but... To really, to really get to it, I, I don't subscribe to that because in my, you know, martial, there's a lot of different types of martial arts because there's a lot of different types of people and you pick the one that fits you. For me personally, my favorite martial arts are the ones that train you both physically and mentally. You know, they'll make you a stronger person, you know, in, in terms of muscles and kicks and punches, but also in terms of your, your, your mind, in terms of your constitution, in terms of your discipline, your will. Is this because that. you want to be able to use the force? You know, honestly, a Jedi is a very good martial artist. Very, very good. Very, very good. But Darth Vader can choke someone out without even making contact. Exactly. But those mental lessons, that whole mental aspect, I don't really see in mixed martial arts. But one thing I liked about this movie was Brendan's coach, Frankie, brings that mental aspect into his training in his gym, which is a lot cleaner, a lot more... No, sterile's not the best word, but it's a little calmer than new, the, new the grungy gym. It's kind of new agey. He oh, plays, he has them listen to classical music? Yeah. He, no, but really, he has them listen to Beethoven. So... Ode to joy, baby. Ode to, yeah. But to keep <laughs> to keep the fighters calm, and that, you know, is something that I've learned in martial arts, is you got to keep an even head. And then during the fight with... Uh, who Who is the the champion that he beats? Which one? Not, not Kurt, his brother. Kurt Angle? Yeah. Okay, the Russian guy. The Russian guy. What was his name? Poga. Russian guy. You know, it, he takes him aside between rounds and he reminds him what he's fighting for so he can keep his mind focused on the goal. I, I loved that about this movie. You know, he reminded him, you're fighting for your family here. And he reminded him of his purpose. So I appreciate it. Steven, I'm going to give you two points for that perspective. And Michael, I'm going to take away one point from you just because. <laughs> it was destiny. Was I the only one who thought that the uh, that Frankie looked like Hank Azaria? Because I thought he looked like <laughs> he Hank did Azaria. a little bit, yeah. 
Um, and I was just expecting him to go into he, his Mo voice. It's like, Homer, what are you fighting for? He actually more reminded me of the trainer from Broad City, if you guys have seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen that. No. <laughs> One point, Ryan. Thank you. Minus a point, Ryan. Okay. I, wanted to, I don't want to. I'm going to keep it even. <laughs> I think that's the second time this has happened. Yeah, I just I want Ryan to zero out. I have to track points. Well, I already gave myself an additional point. so I give you the reciprocal to zero points. The reciprocal to points? zero? Like, I'm just going to give you the negative like version the, of how many points null, you have. The net. null set points? Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm top. I'm stuck in a time warp. <laughs> I, I still don't understand what's going on. I need to look up the definition of reciprocal. <laughs> uh, Steven, the last math so class dumb. I took, which was in college, mind you, they taught me how to count. I took... A blow-off class, guys. I haven't done any real math since high Steven, school. Steven, did you ride the short bus? Are you sure? No, he took specialty uh, martial arts, but he... And special math. <laughs> and special math. <laughs> Michael, zero points. Great. <laughs> Speaking of the training, I am not the biggest fan of training montages. Ironically, though, you know, they're in some of the greatest... Martial arts movies like Karate Kid and Rocky. I'd call that a martial arts movie. Boxing is a martial art. But I think the truly great martial art movies teach the audience something while they watch scenes of their hero or protagonist training. And they learn those lessons along with the protagonist. Granted, you can't really have that in MMA because those lessons are those mental aspects I was talking about. And that's not really present. MMA, again, is more about just getting stronger and faster. But even still, I would have loved to see... true. I, I would have loved to see some uh, a scene or two about Brendan learning how to really refine his kick or his punch or really aim well. But then again, I think I'm sort of in a minority because as a martial artist, I look for that. But your general audience probably doesn't. What did you guys think of the editing in the actual montage itself, the Hulk style uh, <laughs> comic comic book panels? Well, I, I really didn't I like did it. Not like it. I didn't either because it also had that news thing going on. Mm-hmm. That's in that montage, which is already a device to skip past time. They use another device within it to skip past time, where a news anchor tells you, "Oh, everybody's really rallying around this Tommy guy." Like Fast it, forward two months, guys. <laughs> it was literally like if this movie had just been set in a different period, you would have just had a little kid yelling "extra, extra," and, <laughs> and you would have seen on the paper everything that they want you to know right there. You got a point there. Yeah. I, I would have liked it more if they hadn't gone with the, uh, Nick the black. Nick Nolte as the newsy kid. <laughs> right. He's got the hat already. <laughs> He's well, had it since childhood. Extra, 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 extra. Nobody could really understand him. It's, it's, it's like, what happened? <laughs> Roosevelt did what? And he's drinking <laughs> just so much. Um, yeah, I, I really wasn't a fan of like the ba- the black background with the floating sort of, um, vin- like I don't know, like little vignettes, vignettes. it didn't really it was didn't bas- really do it for it me. It was a PowerPoint presentation. Point, point to James, yeah. the wordsmith. Visually, I, I, it looked cool, but just as a story device, it, it really took away from the film for me. Yeah. Alrighty then. What did what did you, what did you guys think about the subplot where the 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 entire school is watching Brendan? I, I, I didn't ask care. about that actually. I, th- I thought it was nice. I thought it's just it, uh, it was something else to like kind of push the push Brendan's character Brendan right yeah Brendan's character further as like a good guy within his community and it's like I I personally didn't really like any of the characters like I didn't like the 
the high schoolers, but like I, I thought that it was a nice. No, it was thing. very much like, hey, we're generic high schoolers. Ha- we love you, Mr. C. Yeah. Did they have lines or did they just have generic emoting? Yeah, hey, kinda. fun fact: one of those girls was in a uh, is in a UCB Herald. Team. Really? Oh, wow, yeah. that's really cool. I did not know that. What's her name, James? Shout out to Laura Chin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that. Laura Chin of Outside Dog. Shout out up in here. Cool. Yeah, I just, I, I, it, it's an, like, the characters are okay. I really don't care about it. I was saying how I would have liked to see those parts of the uh, the brother's backstory. I think that screen time would have been much better used for, for showing us that. You know what? I kind of liked uh, more than, like, the high school is part of the same storyline, but I really liked that the fact that the principal was also kind of rallying behind uh, Mr. C, as they call him. Uh, that's just his name. <laughs> You should have had the the catchphrase, see you later. Minus a point, Michael. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, I I thought, you know, his interaction with his wife was really funny when he's, like, kind of watching, um, like, that first fight that Brendan's in. Um, And I thought that that did more for me than the high schoolers, even though it's all part of the same community. And they get together at the end and are all watching, and it's fun, so... I like to think that if if Michael was in a similar situation where he had to save his house by by winning an MMA tournament instead of training, I, I just wouldn't have a house. <laughs> no, y- you would participate. You wouldn't have a house at the end because instead of training, you would focus on your entrance. <laughs> what, what music am I going to play? <laughs> uh, surprise! Queen, hold on. But, uh, no, no, it would be surprise. You're dead by Faith No More. Okay. Good to know. All right. I mean, what a better name. You surprise, sur- you're dead. Yeah, you, you surprised us with that pick. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yes, yes, I would focus very hard on my entry. I hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I would be like, okay, which which uh, pop culture icon do I want to mimic my gear after? Do I want face paint? I don't know. I would definitely take a uh, can of silver spray paint and <laughs> spray it over my mouth right before I enter Witness. the octagon. Is that what he says? Witness me? Witness me. Witness me. And then I will take my opponent to Valhalla. I'm in Valhalla. Ratings? Yeah. Let's do it. Who I'll, wants to go first? I'll go first. No. Okay. Michael? Michael, James. go for no, it. No, no. James will go first. Oh, James. I, I will? Yeah. Okay. Um... I uh, I enjoyed this movie, despite... Sorry. Uh, despite not really knowing anything about it. Um... Uh, having gone through like <laughs> after, after movie, watching I and I knew nothing, nothing about I don't know it. anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite enjoyable and um, and I liked the whole brother dynamic that uh, that was sort of understated up until like more than halfway through the movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give this one a B plus. I'm next. To recommend Ryan go. What? I, like I said, I was genuinely surprised by how emotionally invested I got into this movie, into a movie about a sport that I have never actually watched before and don't particularly care about. Uh, I, I thought this did... This had a great angle on it by focusing on Kurt angle. the uh, the characters. It, it had a great Kurt angle, and it also had a great <laughs> angle of storytelling. Yeah, and I'm going to give it an A minus. Hold on, who's next, who's next, I'm going to go ahead and rate Stephen's rating once he goes. Next, I'm looking forward to it. 
I loved the acting in this movie. I think that was the strongest thing. Uh, amazing acting. But story-wise, I didn't like the the flashback. Or not the... I, I would have preferred a flashback. I didn't like the CNN news report and the montage use to for information. And I didn't like that the brotherly... The, the brother dynamic was really introduced or used so late in the movie. While the but Though the fight was really good between them. I'm going to give this a B-. minus. All right. Michael, it has to be you this time, right? No. I, I, need, a, I need a rating for my rating, though. Oh, yeah. What, what uh, did... d- Four. <laughs> I'll take it. Four perfect stars. All right. Nope. Michael. What? That wasn't it. Okay. That wasn't the scale. Michael. Steven, you get four ninetieths of a point. I'll take it. Some might say two forty-fifths. Not this guy. Nope, not me. Um, this movie didn't feel that original to me, which is kind of the main thing that I was hinging my viewing experience on the whole time I was watching it. And I was just like, eh, this doesn't really fulfill a need in like stories that I, I want to see. Um, it was well enough executed. Acting was strong. The story didn't do that much for me. Um, Brendan's wife started wearing pants partway through, and so that was... That was already a you know, major away. points off, right? I yeah. Uh, for me, I give it a C plus. So just just above average, wow. but not a special thing to me. It's harsher than I was expecting. Um, what is our overall rating, then? I don't know, because my calculator's messing up. So why don't we all say our rating one more time? I gave it a B plus. B minus. A minus. B plus. And you gave it a C plus. Viewers, what is the average rating? It's a B. It's a B. Cool. Woo! That's a B for Warrior. So they don't like Bs, do they? They don't <laughs> like Bs, eh? I think, uh, what else is there but the... Challenge. 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 James, don't question it. Say it confidently. Challenge. Did he mean it, Ryan? He didn't mean it. Challenge. Once more with feeling. Challenge. That's good. Yeah, thanks. All right, it's time for the challenge. I give it a four. <laughs> Out of 90. Four perfect stars. I like it. <laughs> You're an idiot. Your challenge for this week, uh, you may have noticed that uh, during the, the Spartan tournament, there were a couple of ringside announcers who had a, uh, a tendency to include some puns in their ringside announcing. And uh, Okay, so the challenge will be you three are cooperative ringside announcers at the MMA fight of the century. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to co-opt this particular ringside announcer's strategy, then... Uh, it could make for amusing, challenging results. And uh, we begin now. We're going to you live at at ringside here at the finals of the Spartan Tournament. How's everybody doing out there? My name's Johnny Fremont, and welcome to the fight of the century. Joining me, as always, is my partner, Brett Carraway. How are you doing, Brett? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm just excited. MMA, this is what it's all about. This oh, and I forgot we have somebody else over here. I'm the former fighter analyst. My name is Mike Bourbon. I don't actually talk like this, 
But unfortunately, I can't take my mouth guard out. Of course. Mike Bourbon coming over from our uh, sister network. Thank you very much for joining us. I uh, just want to let you guys know, I'm a breath of fresh air. Look at his dedication. He yeah. really understands the sport. I don't. I think that mouth guard is stuck in there because he doesn't know how to live with that. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure if he's actually planning on standing in the ring. I a think little he's going to try. I think he's going to try. <laughs> honestly, I think he should. All right. I, so I, we're, I pay to see. We're that. just about to get started here, and the the uh, the two challengers are of course Mario Rodriguez, a very original name, I know, and uh, and who's our other one and Muggsy Jones. Muggsy Jones. Of course, I got a mug for him, guy. Do you get it? Oh, of course, Muggsy with the mug. I, I like it. You can find this and other merchandise available on the website. Check it out. All righty. And I believe that they are about, yes, they are about to start. Oh, and a left hook to the face. This fight is bananas, Rodriguez, R- Rodriguez bananas. is not is not going to, oh, man, it seems we've had a power outage because it's lights out for Mario Rodriguez in this first round. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to cap it off, James. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. Oh, he's getting up now. Oh. He's got him. He's got him in some sort of hold. I'm afraid I'm not sure which one. Can one of you guys? I think he better get some Nyquil because that looks like a sleeper hold to me. <laughs> wow. Well done, uh, Brett. Forgot <laughs> what your name was for a second there. <laughs> How you doing over there? Ooh, those vicious. Those vicious. Yeah, yeah. You broke character. I don't like it. Those vicious fists are gonna wake him up. That guy's gonna need. Give what? me a second. Okay. Give me a, a second. Voice. Yeah. Who why thought? do you why do you wear that even? He's gonna need an alarm clock. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like he's phoning it out. Uh, he doesn't really seem to be in this fight, but um, you know, maybe maybe we'll we'll be a little surprised later on. I'd like to take this moment to remind all the viewers that this this evening's activities is sponsored by water. Oh, water! Thank you very much yes, for, water, for your sponsors. Uh, oh my goodness! Did you see that? That was something. Rodriguez took a punch right to the jaw. I don't know if he's going to be feeling that in the morning, but it certainly does It certainly does look like he might. Guys, there was a lot of power behind that. There was so much power. Yes, definitely. Running out of puns here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you, they're, they're not running out of pun. Chiz. <laughs> well... <laughs> Perhaps after, for, after that, I'm going to say you're banned from the sport. <laughs> oh, all righty. Right. And who cares about the rest? Uh, uh, <laughs> We're going to go to commercial break. Uh, looks like I won that one. The round goes to Mike Bourbon. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a challenge, guys. That was uh, That was really something. Uh, I don't think there's any need to give out points, though. Seeing as Steven Zarita is our winner. And uh, Steven, you don't have to say it. I know what you're going to pick. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. The Steve Odekirk classic kung fu uh, parody film, martial arts parody film, dubbing thing, comedy classic, which I said. Um, so we're going to watch that in two weeks, actually, but next week you guys are going to watch out for, uh, our review of Kill Bill Volume 2 featuring a very special guest. And, uh, of course you can, uh, write us in as usual, fuarock.gmail.com or, uh, tweet us at fuarockpodcast. Check out our Facebook, facebook.com slash from under our rock. You can, uh, Write us in your thoughts. Uh, please watch uh, both movies, Kung Pao and Kill Bill Volume 2. 
uh, volume one as well, of course, if you hadn't seen that already. Kind of necessary to watch the first one first. Um, yeah, just write us in your thoughts. And uh, for these next two weeks, we will be reviewing submissions for discussions on the podcast. And whichever one we like best, we are going to give a free digital copy of It Follows. Um, it Follows, which was uh, previously reviewed on this podcast, uh, very highly recommended by all of us, if I recall correctly. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, we would really appreciate it if you checked out uh, checked out our podcast on iTunes, maybe rated and reviewed it. Uh, we love hearing your feedback, of course. And uh, I think that's just going to about do it for this week's episode. Uh, once again, this has been... Stephen Steuben Suburban, Michael Mike Bourbon Ornelas, James McDoodles McNally, and I, of course, have been Ryan Evans. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of From Under a Rock. Mm-hmm.